Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's a cold night in the desert as the sun has passed the horizon and the city prepares itself for sleep. Streaking above the clouds, Captain Marvel scans below for her objective. Before she can find it, though, the area's protector, Black Adam, has already flown directly into her path. Mind telling me what you're doing in protected airspace? Black Adam growls. I was here looking for you. There's an important... But Adam cuts her off with one raised hand. If you come here looking for me, then you come here seeking failure, for I am not your pawn to be pushed around. Okay, Marvel mutters. Looks like this time I need to pick the hard way. It's the Unchosen versus Warbird. It's Kondok versus Kree Fighter. It's DCEU Black Adam versus MCU Captain Marvel. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Legion of Audience, the Who Would Win faithful fan base, get ready for one of the most epic battles we've ever done. In one corner, you have possibly the new face of the MCU for Phase 5. No spoilers. It's Captain Marvel. And in the other corner, you have Black Adam, portrayed by The Rock, who may have indeed just changed the balance of power in the DCU. No longer the DCEU, of course. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And damn, no only has this battle been discussed but I'm pretty sure it's caused some real-world violence and some some horrible things to happen. People have a ton of very definite opinions on this matchup, and you better believe it's up to the Hoodwin team to make sense of this battle once and for all. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm a fan of both of these characters. I'm a fan of both of these movies. I, I've seen both of them, and I feel that... Uh, I think Captain Marvel is one of the better... Uh, I had it for a long time in my top five best MCU movies. Quite honestly, um, I would say that the new Doctor Strange movie might have shoved it down to like number six. Um, but this is just my personal taste. I do feel like I judge people's uh, movie criticism ability based on their opinion of Captain Marvel, a pretty well together, well told, well acted, well written movie that's very, very complete. And when people come out and say that it's like two out of 10, I know that their movie opinions are not to be taken seriously. They just have their own problems that they're bringing into the conversation. Now, as far as Black Adam goes, 
Uh, let's face it, we all have The Rock. Look, I did Hobbs and Shaw on the show not very long ago. Okay, it was probably like two years ago. But the point is, I love The Rock. I love all of his characters. I love the fact that he's the biggest star in the world right now. You could have seen it coming a mile away, but you still had to get over the fact that he was a pro wrestler making it mainstream. But The Rock has the skills, the talent, the tools, and the personality in order to get it done. And... In this, what is this, uh, rebooted number four of the DCEU, phase one? Well, here he is at the forefront of it, and I think this is a pretty decent movie. Not the best, but definitely far from their worst. I would put it in my top five DC movies uh, all time, and that includes, of course, 1969's Batman the Movie. All right, so listen, Ray, I, I got, like everything, you know, uh, I agree with some of what you say, which is not the case. I disagree with most of what you say, which is definitely the case. And here I also have to disagree. Look, Brie Larson, I think, did actually a really great job as Captain Marvel. I think the film itself, the storyline was kind of a little off. I think she did a great job and represented the character very, very well. I love The Rock. I love Black Adam. I've been a big fan of Shazam for decades, so I'm all about that. But I put out a tweet this week, and sometimes I like to kind of mess things up on the internet and socials and what have you. And I simply said... You know, the reason why, you know, the Black Adam movie is so great is because The Rock, unlike a lot of other stuff that's come out, actually listened to the fans. And this got a lot of agreement from people, from our, our Legion of Audience, from people online. However, I through agree. DMs, texts, and a couple of really nasty phone calls, there are some people who disagree and say, how dare you, you don't get how movies work or what have you. Ray, before I even kind of give any more opinions on this, do you agree with the statement I put out or do you disagree? No, I do agree. I think that the DCEU has made many terrible, terrible decisions. Uh, they, they've, they focused on some of the wrong, wrong characters, some bad casting has happened along the way, and some of the most nonsensical scripts. The biggest problem I have with the DC movies is they act like they've already had 12 movies to get us here already. And Black Adam is just as guilty as all the others. Do not get me wrong. But they, 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 they launched the Justice League movie as like, what, the second movie? of the series, the Avengers had like 10 movies to set it up. Like DC is trying to just move too fast. Take your time with it. We want to see these movies, but we want to see the slow burn. We want to see them done right. And so far you're just jumping straight to the, the, the high point. That's not how anything works. So do you think, I, I mean, there's some truth in what you're saying, oddly enough, for the DCU right now, not the DCEU, but do you agree that the MCU has also had some misfires, especially in phase four? Misfires in phase four? I don't think so. I know people want to hate on the MCU. It's a very popular thing for, for all, you know, the, the, the movie directors to do and, and a lot of these people who get their clicks based on hating everything. I just don't see it. Now, would I say phase one, two, and three were probably a bit stronger than four? I think there's a case to be made. Maybe not phase one. The intro movies, you know, really needed to get us burning before we really got up to full speed. But I would say you're talking about movies like Shang-Chi or the new Spider-Man or the new Doctor Strange or the WandaVision, Loki TV shows. I just literally yesterday watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier series again, and it's fantastic. I don't get where any of this hatred comes from. Why not just like things that are good and keep being produced at a high level? Let's see what our judge has to say about this, because we have someone amazing for today's episode. Making their first appearance on the Hood Win Show, it's the hardcore icon, it's the human tack board, it's Leroy Patterson. Leroy, welcome to Who Would Win. Well, thank you for having me. Good to be here. Now, Leroy, before we kind of get to what we were just talking about, tell the Legion of Audience what you've been up to because it's pretty insane slash incredible. 
Uh, I like to do a lot of dumb things on camera. So I've been a professional wrestler for 22 years now. I wrestled for XPW. I just recently wrestled for AEW was the last place I wrestled. So that was a ton of fun. I do an act called the human tack board where I strip down to my underwear and then I pour 5,000 thumbtacks on the floor and then I slam myself into them multiple times. Um, I've done this on America's Got Talent, Germany's Got Talent, Italy, France, Romania. I just did Spain this year. I've done the Go Big Show, the Gong Show, Solitary, over 20-something reality shows, just being an idiot like I do. And um, I'm also the senior video editor for Giphy. Um, I make animated GIFs all day. That's my job. And wow. uh, I also own 5,000 copies of the video game Sneak King. Okay, so much to unpack here. So much. That is <laughs> okay. one of my yeah. favorite video games of the Xbox 360 era. I have a copy of it absolutely right here. And I have thought to myself, what if every time I saw this at a used video game store, I just bought it? You are living my dream with that. That is what I did. And then I started buying them in bulk. Um, if you look up Sneak Kings with a Z on YouTube, you could see our exploits of uh, buying thousands of copies at a time for like 40 bucks and, you know, uh, uh, trying to figure out what the hell to do with all of them. I love this. I mean, I mean, there's so many ideas. Now, l let me just kind of take a step back. Is this when you say like there's 5,000 uh, thumbtacks, you know, on the floor? Yes. Is this like a Houdini thing who had kind of his own trickery Ooh. and, you oh, know, God, deception Jamie. where he wouldn't really do it? Or are these actual thumbtacks that James. you like to embed James, on? You're, you're oh. smart enough to not ask that question. You know, the no, people I, I, I get and I respect that question and it is 100% real. So, yeah, no, I, I, I've been doing uh, deathmatch <laughs> wrestling and, and dumb stuff since, since 1996. I started backyard wrestling and I was on MTV True Life. I'm a backyard wrestler. It was filmed at my house and, and uh, I'm on the cover of Best of Backyard Wrestling Volume 2s. Just so for, for many, many years, I've been doing incredibly dumb things, but I'm smart enough to get through them without getting injured. So luckily, no serious injury so far. That is insanely incredible. The no injury so far. Okay, wow. And 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 what is the crowd reaction when you do these the the same thing on you know America's Got Talent and these very big, huge you know reality based talent shows? Uh, they usually really enjoy the stripping for some reason for the comedic effect. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> and then um and then I bring out the thumbtacks and they don't know what to expect and then they're disgusted. Uh, I I every now and then you you get a person who's really into what I'm doing and 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 it, it's sometimes appreciated and sometimes not because they they might take it a little far. Um, but usually uh people are disgusted uh and they it always causes controversy especially when I do international shows and I find like their versions of, of TMZ complaining why is TV devolved to this and why are we airing this kind of nonsense and <laughs> I love it. I screenshot everyone and they are badges of honor. Wow. Okay. We, we got to say kids don't do this at home. Uh, oh, yes, leave this to don't. the professionals. Race to Canis. Don't get any ideas. You know, I, I'm not sure exactly late, how many James. more warnings to do. Uh, I know. I just saw that Amazon purchase for the uh, bulk thumbtacks. Okay. All right. That's my ideas for the next live show. There we go. Now, Leary, I, we couldn't have had a bet. We can't have a better judge because you understand the world of pro wrestling. You also understand the world of pain and pain management, which is what this battle is all about. So welcome to who would win. I don't envy you, sir, as a judge for this type of battle. With all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the DCEU, the antihero who doesn't give a tat what you think about his name. Black Adam. And representing the MCU, the hero who stole her powers from the Tesseract in what could accurately described as an act of larceny, Captain Marvel. How would that have gone over, that last joke? How would that have gone over in Germany's Got Talent? 
Uh, oh, right. uh, they would have loved it. They would have loved it. I would be very they, huge they, they in Germany, just awards. like David Hasselhoff. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. They they would have gone nuts for it and uh, and awarded you and made you king for a day. Wow. Would have been great. I've often felt that Ray was the German version of uh, David Hasselhoff on the Who Would Win show. So this all tracks. All right, well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of the character has to be specifically stated. All right, Ray, is it safe to say we're no trickery this time? No, we know. We're doing straight-up film versions. No, is that yeah, correct? we know the versions. MCU, Captain Marvel, DCEU, Black Adam, both have a limited number of appearances, although Captain Marvel has a little bit more. We'll see what that goes for us. Ray, it's the DCU. James Gunn's taken over. It's the DCU. The did DCEU. I'm sorry, did James Gunn make Black Adam? No, so it's the DCEU. Everybody knows that. Rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch right now. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. 
Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, is a powerful hero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She first appeared on screen in Captain Marvel in 2019 and was played by Brie Larson. The character herself was originally created by Roy Thomas and Jean Collan. Colan? Collan? I don't know, but that's who it was. Captain Marvel first made her MCU appearance in Phase 3 right before the Infinity Saga came to its apex. She was presented as a powerful ally to the Avengers, who would make a huge impact against Thanos after his big win in the Infinity War movie, but was all the way across the universe when the events of that movie transpired. She has a whole host of abilities and is largely considered among, if not the most powerful character that Marvel has put on screen thus far. Fun fact, there is very little that can knock down Captain Marvel on screen, but did you know that her actress, Brie Larson, has plenty of potential issues during filming because of... cats? Yeah, it turns out that Larson is very allergic to cats in real life, and her movie happened to feature many close quarters seen with Goose, who was famously played by an actual cat. To get around this issue, her scenes with Goose were shot with either a puppet or a CGI cat in order to make it work. How about that for a secret weakness? Anyway, that is MCU Captain Marvel. Who's that really cool puppet insult, the comedy dog? Is that who it is? Triumph the insult, Triumph, yeah. Triumph the insult, dog. whatever that is. Yeah, I, I was close. That would have been an amazing stand-in for, for a cat, I feel, on the uh, Captain Marvel movie, just thinking out loud with the cigar going. All right. Well done right now. Here are the details for Black Adam. Black Adam, a.k.a. Tetha Dam, was created by Otto Binder and C.C. Beck and first appeared in the Marvel comic book, Marvel Family comic book number one back in December of 1945. And of course, the movie version of Black Adam played by The Rock came out in October of 2022. In 2600 BC, the tyrannical king Acton of Kondak creates the crown of Sabak to attain great power. After attempting to stage a revolt, a young slave boy by the name of Hurut is given the powers of Shazam by the Council of Wizards, transforming him into Kondak's heroic champion who defeats Acton and ends his reign. Harut then gave his father Teth the Dam his powers to save his life, and Acton's assassins immediately killed the depowered Harut, causing an enraged Adam, Black Adam in this case, to slaughter all the king's men and inadvertently destroyed Kondak's palace. Subsequently, deemed unworthy by the Council of Wizards, Black Adam killed them all in anger except for Shazam, who imprisoned him along with the crown of Sabak within what became Adam's tome. 5,000 years later, Black Adam is freed by freedom fighters and becomes the anti-hero we all know and love and deems himself Kondok's protector. And here's something interesting about Black Adam. Did you know that the movie has been in development since the early 2000s? 
is true. Unbeknownst to many, The Rock is a comic book fan, and just like James Gavsey, The Rock loves all comics, but is more of a DC comics person than anything else. So when The Rock started gaining momentum in his movie career, he pitched Black Adam and got some executives to buy into the idea. However, like many ideas in Hollywood, Black Adam fell into the dark pit known as development hell, where it went through rewrites, got shelved, got rewritten again, got shelved again, got new producers, was recast, then got delayed due to COVID, but through it all. The world's greatest superhero, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, persevered until the movie finally got greenlit and made for all of us to enjoy. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Leroy, do you have any questions before we get started? So we are going just based off their movie appearances? Are we are we working into effect anything from like What If or any other potential MCU canon or, or, or DCEU canon? So I, I can answer that. We're basing it on of the, uh, the cinematic versions of the characters because the What If show is sort of its own deal based on alternate timelines. I'm not leaning on what if for this version of the character, because to, in my mind, at least, those are different versions of uh, Captain Marvel. Understood. All right, very cool. Let's get this party started. Ray, hit us with point number one. Point number one for Captain Marvel. Let's talk about some of the basics, the basic stat lines that she brings onto the table, because we start with the fact that she was an excellent pilot. Being an excellent pilot, she was an Air Force-trained military fighter. This is very, very important because she had military training with the United States. And in order to be a pilot, you have to be kind of the 1% of the 1%. That and like Navy SEALs, right? Those are the two. They don't just let anybody get up there and fly planes. And especially given her era of the night, what was it? Uh, the 90s, the 80s, the 70s? Uh, I forget exactly when she was flying planes originally, but it was not exactly like women were encouraged to join the ranks of pilots at that time. So she had to be that much better than everybody else as far as intellectuals go, uh, as far as, you know, her physicals go. And that's before she even became a superhero because she also got trained not just by the United States Air Force, by the, uh, the Cree as well. The Cree took her in after the incident and they brought her in to be one of their warriors to fight against the Skrulls in the movie. I could mention right now that Black Adam is an untrained fighter. Black Adam has no formal combat training whatsoever to lean back on. He just is very, very strong and powerful. But Captain Marvel actually got trained two different places to learn some of the best fighting techniques of the galaxy. Let's face it, she once fought an entire Kree team of elite warriors single-handedly. We remember that scene from inside the spaceship. Bronchar and Korath the Pursuer both had weapons. They had, like, energy weapons, and she beat both of them while completely unarmed. She tore them to pieces. Like, figuratively speaking, there was no blood. But she blew them across the room, basically without even trying, and she was the unarmed person in this battle. Let's not forget, when she was on that scroll ship, she was being heavily in in inhibited by the chip in her neck, as well as the items on her arms that were preventing her from doing her laser blasts, right? She still took down the entire ship. Uh, she did get the blasting power back, but it's not like she's not going to have it here. At her weakest point that we met her as a character, basically, she still destroyed and took out an entire ship. And according to the leader of the Skrulls, took out 20 of his best fighters along the way. No problem. She's exceptionally strong as Captain Marvel. Let's not forget the moment when she was grabbing Kree specialists and just throwing them across the room. One of my favorite moments, she knocked Korath up, uh, played by Digimon Hanzu. She knocked him up and then kicked him away like she was doing a juggle combo in a Killer Instinct game fantastic she's also exceptionally fast she was able to dodge lasers there was a the part where the sniper uh was shooting at her with the laser beam and without even really knowing that she was there she was able to dodge out of the way 
the second that the laser beam was fired. So she has the reflexes. She has the speed. She also has the durability to let James, I'll mention it every single time it happens to one of my characters. She fell from space down to earth, crashed into a blockbuster video, and then stood up and was fine immediately afterwards. If you can survive re-entry into Earth's atmosphere, crashing to Earth, and get up without a scratch on you, you're going to have a good time in most battles that you fight. And the last power thing I want to talk about, let's not forget, she grabbed the Tesseract with her bare hands and just held it up and looked at it. This is an item of such amazing energy output and potential that it literally like burned through metal that it touched, just bloop straight through like floor after floor after floor. Uh, happened in in one of the movies. Was that the Avengers spaceship? Uh, Avengers ship that happened. That was, I think. I just uh, remember it fell on the floor and just Guardians started of the Galaxy, dropping. Right? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. There you go. Well, my whole point with all of this is that she picked it up and touched it with her bare hands. This is something that will destroy spaceships if it just is being uh, held wrong, and she's able to do that. This is something that had the power to blow out Ron and the Accuser. Okay, that's all I'm trying to say. She's just walking around with it like it's a pog from the '90s. All of this together shows that she's too strong, too fast, too durable, and she's got the training to fight, and it's more than enough to take out Black Adam, and that's my point number one. All right, look, there, there's no doubt about it that uh, Captain Marvel, the way, especially the way she's been positioned, she's absolutely fantastic, and she was depowered for most of her film. That's one of the things I didn't like about the movie. I wish they showed a more of a progression as opposed to an all-of-a-sudden burst of Super Saiyan power, which was still really awesome to watch, by the way. Okay, some things to push back on. She evidently got about six years of combat training from the Kree, and that's on top of the training she got while she was on Earth. That is awesome. Compare that to Black Adam. You got to remember, he gets his powers from Egyptian gods. One of them gives him, literally, the god of combat and wisdom, gives him that magical download to help him be a god-level combatant. Look, take six years from the Kree, take years from the Air Force and all that kind of good stuff, versus godlike fighting ability downloaded into your head, which is kind of what we saw in the Black Adam movie. Yeah, that's something that's vastly superior. Also, you got to remember, too, she uh, Captain Marvel had some powers throughout the whole movie, so some of her feats... All of them fantastic, but it wasn't like she was a regular human. It was she was that Cree human hybrid at that point. And of course, she got more powers later on. And uh, finally, you got to remember too in the Black Adam movie, there was a point where he voluntarily depowered himself and allowed himself to be captured because he felt, you know, some guilt of what he did. And then when it was time for him to go, he escaped the super prison and started taking out these uh, what looked like special forces kind of people who were there to make sure that other super villains in prison, this underwater prison, couldn't get out. And he was taking him out like a boss. That is insane. That could have been some leftover fighting. I don't know. But as a depowered regular human, he's taken out this platoon of armed special forces dudes and he's doing great with it all right let me get to my point number one and let's talk about the powers of black adam and i'm sure ray you're going to kind of get to the really awesome powers of captain marvel so now here's the deal with black adam unlike shazam black adam possesses the powers of a number of egyptian gods whereas i think you know shazam proper is the greek gods what have you and uh, each letter of the word you know represents a letter that you know is for one of the gods so s is for the stamina of shu this is where you know black adam gets his super endurance now, 
A step aside, remember The Rock designed Black Adam to be as accurate to the comic books as possible. Now, I'm not taking stuff from comic books and saying, here's how he's described by the DC Universe, but all of this is like, it, it's going to sound insane, but it's based off how The Rock wanted to be 100% legit with this character. So first of all, he's got superhuman endurance. He literally can fight at peak for centuries if he needs to. Look, Captain Marvel is great. Can she fight at peak for centuries? No, it's a different energy level. It's magical energy versus this you know, science-based energy. Uh, let's see, he doesn't need air, doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to travel, you know, when he travels in space, he's fine. This is a guy who's got the superhuman endurance, it's crazy. He also can move at super speed. Look, there's that swiftness of a god named Haru. He can move at light speed. We saw this in Black Adam. And not only can he move at light speed, he can fight at light speed. Look, Captain Marvel's great, but she's not fighting as fast as Black Adam can fight. We just didn't see it. Wish we did, because it would have been fantastic. Uh, you know, Black Adam's able to appear and vanish in front of your eyes and reappear somewhere else. It's almost looking like he's teleporting when he's moving at super speed. Again, I wish we saw that with Captain Marvel, but we didn't. Let's see, he's got the strength of Amon. Now, at the very least, he can lift 100,000 tons insanely easily. In the comic books, he's moving planets. He moved the moon, no problem. I'm not saying he's got that kind of power here, but he is insanely strong for a Superman-level character. He at least matches Superman, because remember, The Rock said... The balance of power has been changed, you know, tilting towards Black Adam. He's got the wisdom of Sahuti. Again, this is that wisdom I talked about that downloads everything he needs to know. He's almost like he's got clairvoyance. Remember, all of a sudden in the movie, Black Adam, without ever hearing English, is speaking English. And it's not just because it's a, a writing error or whatever. It's because he's got this wisdom. He gets these magical downloads of information, almost clairvoyance. So he understands things immediately. He understands what someone's going to do. He understands powers. He understands when to hold back, when not to hold back. And that's all this magical download of like Google information coming to him, you know, from an Egyptian god. It is insane. Let's see. He's got this power of electrokinesis. You know, we see him shoot lightning. I'm going to talk a lot about more about that in my point number two. And then he's got the courage of Mehen, which gives him superhuman amounts of inner strength to draw off. So he's not just superhuman on the outside, he's internally superhuman. Again, this is something I'll talk more about in my point number two. We're not talking about a Superman base level being here. We're talking about a God level being with God level powers and God level intelligence, God level clairvoyance, God level fighting ability. We're talking about all the God level intangibles Black Adam's going to use to actually come out and beat Captain Marvel. That's my point number one. Okay, you're bringing up some cool things. Look, he is a very exciting character in this movie. The interesting magic versus science debate. I hadn't considered that walking in the door of this battle, but you're right to a certain degree. Black Adam's very magical. Captain Marvel's a little bit more science-based. That's interesting. Now, you talk about him beating through the, the people in the prison. That's fine. Those are humans. Captain Marvel did it to a whole team of Kree specialist fighters. Some of the best Kree warriors in the planet. I'm just saying there's a difference between doing it to one versus the other. I'm sure those humans were great. They were not anything on the level of these Kree fighters. And there is a huge difference, James, between having done something, having gone through the training, and having actually done it yourself, as opposed to watching a YouTube video and having somebody explain it to you and project it into your head. If I was going to train to be a pro wrestler and go on to the heights, it would not be the same thing as somebody watching Royal Rumble 2000 and telling me that's all they needed to know. Now they're trained. It's not the same thing. And you talked about the difference in speed. I'm going to get there in my later points. So put a pin in that because Captain Marvel is that fast and I'm going to prove it to you. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Leroy, you've heard points number one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? 
so many good points have been brought up. I mean, this is this is a tough battle. I mean, either way, either way you cut it, uh, uh, both are incredibly powerful. Bringing up the the wisdom, the stamina, all the powers of Black Adam is is a very strong key point to remember here. Um, I, I the, but but I, I also wonder has Black Adam fought anyone on the same level that Captain Marvel has fought? You know, she's she's had a lot of really high power people, and I feel that she could have won all the same battles that Black Adam has won at this point. Um, so I'm I'm still kind of in the air. I'm I'm still kind of kind of torn. Both both very valid points, and and the my decision hangs in the balance of these next two rounds. That is an important decision to get, by the way. Look, this battle, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm hyped for all of our battles. I really am. But there's something extra special about this because what I love about it is we're, we're honoring both characters. But we definitely, I can tell, Ray's really pushing for Captain Marvel. And I'm all about Black Adam. One of us is going to lose and be crying in the fetal position in the shower later tonight. It's going to be Ray Stacanus. All right, Ray, with that being said, go ahead and hit us. I will say that, you know, we talk about sometimes you want to battle a little bit more. And I think towards the back end of season four of Who Would Win show, we've been loading a lot of those battles in here. These have been pretty emotional affairs. Let's get on to my point number two. Let's talk about her gear because she also brings weapons and gear with her, as well as let's start talking about her power. So we're talking about the future versus the past. And that you could have all the wisdom of Solomon and all of this, whatever the, the, the lore is behind it. But at the end of the day, Captain Marvel took a Game Boy in the 1990s and rewired it for interspace communication. Black Adam seems to get confused by posters and television sets. I'm just saying, like, Solomon doesn't, doesn't know what the future looks like. Solomon only knows what's happened up to this point, it, as far as I can tell, because a lot of technological things in the Black Adam movie sure as heck seem to confuse him quite a bit, quite a bit. And she is used to living in the world of space and technology and future tech. And he is sort of stuck 5,000 year years ago in ancient Kondok. And it doesn't seem like his understanding of the material world, cars were a wild thing for him to see. If he has all this wisdom, why didn't he get cars? This is my entire point. So she's going to be able to do future stuff he can't conceive of. And she wears a special suit, the Kree fighter suit that she changed the cool colors. Uh, it helps her breathe in space, not that she needs it at this point. The cool thing about it is it allows her to camouflage and blend into the background. It's basically a chameleon suit. So as we saw in the Captain Marvel movie, those suits can make you go totally invisible when you want to, and that's not something that Black Adam's going to be ready for. That's not a technology piece that Black Adam's going to have an answer for. She also has an analyzer to determine class and threat level of anybody that she scans. So at the beginning of this battle, we know these two characters have never met each other before because of the rules of who would win. But she's going to immediately understand the high threat level that he is, and I don't think there's any chance he doesn't underestimate Captain Marvel because he tended to underestimate everybody he came up against in those movies and was often taken by surprise by some of the powerful hits that he got hit with from Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, etc. Now, her powers come from the Space Stone, and th that's the Space Stone. That's one of the six Infinity Stones of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, the six things that allowed Thanos to snap with a thought half the people away. So her powers come from a very powerful... It's not six wizards in a cave. I understand, but it is actually from an infinity stone, which I consider to be a cut above. Now let's talk about the photon blasts. 
Her big power is that she could blast and shoot energy blasts out of her arms. She does it all the time, all the, in many different ways. She sent Jan Rog flying multiple times by just one with a little shot that sent him across a room, another time with a bigger shot that launched him into a mountain. That's the, and, and Black Adam's not going to know that's coming. When he gets hit with that, that first time is going to hit him, and she might not even hit him that hard, but he is going to go flying. Like we saw when ha Hawkman hit him with the mace. He went flying. She's able to use these blasts to blow out concrete, buildings, spaceships. She's able to blow herself back away from the vacuum of space by using her blasters. That is some power. And she could also use her physical ability. She heat up a kettle to boiling just by touching it, which shows that she has control over it. She can understand how much power she's using and amp it up as she has to. One time Korath tried to hit her with a not lightsaber, but basically a lightsaber. She just grabbed it and broke it in half. No problem. She can use energy power to drain the power from an area she's at too. Remember when she was on that Kree ship being kind of held down and interrogated by the Supreme Intelligence, she was able to like black out the entire ship. Energy control. That's a big thing she has. She blasted Thanos in Endgame before she was even close enough to see him. She blasted him from up in the sky into his cabin, then came down and hit him. And let's not forget her area of attack that blew away four Kree soldiers by just expelling a little energy like Tetsuo from the movie Akira. She's got that kind of a power and she's not afraid to use it. These energy blasts are going to be rough for a character like Black Adam to handle. And that's my point number two. All right, interesting stuff. Again, not seeing anything bad about Captain Marvel because she's absolutely incredible. But I got to push back on a couple of things. First of all, when it came to technology, Black Adam didn't have any issue chasing after those flying motorcycles, the uh, those uh, terrorists and the you know where the crime syndicate were using to kind of fly through the air. He had no problem understanding. Wow, a person on something, flying at high speed away, got to catch him. He wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so confused. Let me figure this out. No, he got that very quickly. This is the thing. This is someone who can think combatively insanely, insanely fast. All he has to understand here is you're a threat. Here's where the threat's coming from. Here's how I'm going to deal with it. Oh, clairvoyance, super knowledge getting downloaded. Got it. That's going to take care of like, oh, wow, you're hiding over here or what have you. He's going to detect that. No problem. On top of that, Space Stone, that's awesome. But she got some of the Space Stone's power imbued into her, which is still pretty cool because she's super powerful. It's not like she's carrying around the Space Stone, whereas Black Adam has these Egyptian gods as well as the wizards kind of backing him with power right now. That is actually a lot more than just the fraction of the Space Stone power that Captain Marvel got. And finally, when Black Adam got hit by Hawkman's mace, which by the way is Nth Metal, which is really cool. That's kind of like a vibranium meets magic meets adamantium meets I don't know what else and hits Black Adam. Yeah, he does go flying a little bit and he gets hit into a building and stands up and he's fine. He's absolutely fine. That's not going to be a problem. Captain Marvel, can he blast him and hurt him? I don't think so because I only saw one thing that could actually hurt Black Adam in the whole movie and I'll get to that more. But let me get to my point number two. Let's talk about more powers, fighting ability, and magic. Okay, so let's kind of keep going here with the, the Egyptian gods that power Black Adam. Let's talk about the M for Shazam. That's for the courage of man, which gives that Adam, of, we talked about before, superhuman amounts of inner strength to draw off of. Now, this power of this god makes him indestructible in terms of his mind and what he can do. Uh, on top of that, you know, he, he's got this confidence that we always see. You know, it's not just The Rock's confidence. Black Adam has this confidence and this ability to say, it's a huge challenge, I'm taking it on. When he took on that god demon, Sabak, at the end of the film, was he scared? He's like, no, I've got to do this. This is for my people. I've got to, you know, take them on. He's going to interpret Captain Marvel as the same type of threat. What are you trying to do to my country? You're an invader? Uh-uh. I'm not letting what happened before happen ever again. 
This person's going to be up for the fight like never before. Now, let's talk about his invulnerability. He is insanely invulnerable. Again, I only saw one to two things that really related that could take him out. And that was whatever the crown of Sabak was made out of, you know, that blue kind of crown substance. Uh, and on top of that, Sabak, the demon himself. And even then, that wasn't enough to take him out completely. He is invulnerable. He's also got a healing factor. So any, if something does hurt him, he's going to heal from that instantly. This is crazy. Now, remember, he's got this godlike energy flowing through him at all times, whether he needs to heal, whether he needs to be strong fast. He's got access to this all the time. Now, let's talk about something really cool. Black Adam's electric or and that's that command over that magical electrical energy, which is really kind of insane. Remember that when Black Adam's son is killed, Black Adam goes on a rampage. He uses that magical electrical power to take out the kingdom of Kondak. He's then summoned by the wizards to the Rock of Eternity because they're not happy with them. What's he do? He uses it to take out all of them except for the wizard Shazam. Now, these are insanely powerful wizards, each of them like a Doctor Fate, who's a Doctor Strange level. And with this power of electrical, magical electrical energy, he took them out. By the way, you know what, uh, Captain Marvel? has never done absorbed magical energy she's never done that in the mcu in the comic books by the way she has a hard time even trying to attempt to uh, absorbing magical energy good luck with that so this is going to hurt her in a big way then black adam learned at the very end of the film how to focus and control that magical energy remember he had to take on that god demon sabak at the end of the film what's he do he focuses it into his head instead of letting it just go nuts. He learns how to focus it, use it even better, puts it into his head, and just, you know, for one of the most powerful physical and magical beings ever to exist within the DCEU, now the DCU, he's able to take him out using that electric electrokinesis and some of his physical strength. Now let's talk fighting ability. Again, I've already mentioned this. Captain Marvel's great, she's got some great training. You have Black Adam downloaded with the wisdom, you know, from that other god who teaches, who gives him the wisdom of how to fight. Listen, I've been doing MMA and every martial art you can think of for decades now. And I can tell you, if there's a way to get that downloaded Matrix style, I will take it right now. Is practice great? Is doing all the training fantastic? Yes. But I'm telling you, when a god of combat and wisdom gives you that, that insight on how to fight properly, you're not losing a fight. And of course, the only being that even gave him a hassle was Sabak, who was, again, one of the most powerful magical physical beings of all that of all that time. Now, let's talk about something kind of interesting. When we see Black Adam fighting the terrorist when he first emerges, you notice again, he uses that speed combatively. He's catching bullets. He's appearing one place and magically teleports using super speed somewhere else, knocks someone out, then appears over here. Again, we don't see Captain Marvel using that speed combatively. I wish we did, but we didn't see it. This is the difference between the two. This reminds me of a story, you know, storyline where we mentioned this before in the show. Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman are having a conversation somewhere. And Superman's saying to Wonder Woman, what, you think you can fight faster than I can? I can move faster than you. And Wonder Woman's like, that's debatable, whatever, but I can fight faster. You can fly in a line very fast like Captain Marvel can. And she can smash into things. She's kind of like the ultimate hammer. But Wonder Woman, like Black Adam, who's a fighting expert, she's like, I know how to fight at super speed. I know how to catch bullets. I know how to do all these different techniques using super speed, kicking, punching, whatever, appearing behind you, grappling, whatever. I know how to do that at super speed, not just fly into things at super speed. That is the key difference. It is the combat knowledge. More of that goes to Black Adam, not that Captain Marvel's a slash in that area. And also fighting speed while you're actually doing combat, that favors Black Adam in a huge way. That's my point number two. Okay, all right. Slow it down a little bit over there, Tiger. Now you're talking about this uh, uh, electro projection. Now you're trying to you're trying to really muddle the waters right here because you're saying that this is magical lightning, and she has trouble with magical attacks in the comic books. 
So therefore, no problem, GG, we're done here. That's a lot of ifs that need to happen because what he is doing is using magical means to create in-world electricity. He's creating real electricity. It's not imbued with magic. Nobody in the movie ever says this is magical lightning imbued with magic. This is a magical attack. No, he just makes lightning. And lightning is something that she can easily absorb. She absorbed a whole, when she was at her lowest powers, she absorbed all these shock sticks from the scroll on the ship and had no problem with it whatsoever. This is a character who absorbs energy for God's sakes. His lightning will be next to useless in this battle. Let's not forget the combat. You're talking about this great combat ability. Where was it? Because all I saw was a guy fighting like Superman fights in the movie who just walks up and punches people and then throws them against walls. I didn't see any hammer locks. I didn't see any kind of deep moves being done. Unlike what Captain Marvel did, which I'll get into point number three. All I saw was Dr. Fate cloning himself. Dr. Fate, not a super strong character. Dr. Fate cloned himself like eight times and then held down Black Adam. That's what I saw. Eight Dr. Fates held down Black Adam. Now, he was eventually able to shake them all off, eventually, but that brought him down for a time being and incapacitated him. And I didn't see any big uh, fights here. So you talk about this great combat ability, but he didn't put it on the screen. I got to disagree with everything you're saying, but I'll bring this up in my point number three, because right now we are at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Leroy is going to tell us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Leroy has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin patron of the week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today we're going to go with a patron that I don't think has gotten into this segment before. We're going to go with Forbidden Mob. Forbidden Mob is our patron of the week. Wow, I had so I had someone picked out, but you know, who do you put up against someone as crazy as Forbidden Mob? You know what? In honor of Wakanda Forever, let's have Forbidden Mob go up against Black Panther. Black Panther. Now, in honor of the new Wakanda movie that just came out, wonder if we'll do a battle involving that at some point in the future. Who knows, as they say. But Forbidden Mob rolls up against Black Panther. And the thing you don't know about Forbidden Mob and where he's going to have major uh, good things for him in this battle is the fact that he has the abilities of a Forbidden Mob. He has the abilities of Multiply. Was it Multiplying Man from, uh, from Marvel Comics? He can create multiples of himself like that Michael Keaton movie. You know the one, Mr. Mob. My point I'm trying to make here is that Forbidden Mob will immediately start multiplying himself, much like Dr. Fate did to Black Adam when he cloned himself a bunch of times and then held it down allegedly Superman-level character. I'm just saying. So he's going to do this a whole bunch. Black Adam's going to be like, whoa, I was prepared to fight one guy, not an army of one guys. He's going to turn on his suit, ready his superpowers, get the claws ready, and let's face facts. Dozens and dozens of Forbidden Mob will get hacked to pieces in this battle. R.I.P. those versions of Forbidden Mob, but eventually enough of this mob will pile on top of Black Panther, take him out, learn how to touch him just gingerly enough with the combat that it doesn't blast them backwards. And unfortunately, they don't win through anything but incapacitation like Dr. Fate against Black Adam in the movie. They are going to win by holding him down for two minutes. Good job, Forbidden Mob. You know what? I think that would be the key to victory, Ray Sicanus. Congratulations, Forbidden Mob. Well done. Well-earned victory. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. 
Now back to the turning point. Leroy, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? So it's tough. You're, you're both bringing up very, very valid things, things I didn't even think of. Um, but what I'm noticing is a lot of people, are, are both of you are, are relying on this durability of each character. We both know they can take a hit. I, I mean, we've seen that. You know, uh, uh, Captain Marvel took a, a, a headbutt and no-sold it and then got punched with a, with a power stone, which would have killed nearly anyone else, and she survived. Um, Black Adam has, has you know, uh, the, the uh, Adam Smasher just wrecked him with a giant 60-foot hit. You know, like, uh, they, they can both take hits. That's not selling it for me. That, that's not going to sway me um, anymore, uh, whether or not they can take a hit, because they both can. Um, the, the point that the magical lightning did throw me for a loop, but the point that the lightning, the, the, the creation of it is magical, but the lightning itself is not magical is another very valid counterpoint. Due to uh, various circumstances, I'm, I'm leaning Captain Marvel, but it's still way too close to call. Interesting, interesting. All right, I'm hoping I have something to address everything you just said. Who knows, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But so you don't. I, I, you know, I never do. All right, Ray, go ahead and this your point number three. Point number three for Captain Marvel from the MCU. Let's talk about her binary mode because when she finally breaks those inhibitors, that's when she takes her full form and that's the version, obviously, we're talking about versus Black Adam because a lot of the stuff I talked about is her uh, not enhanced, is her, in fact, suppressed with her power and she was that ridiculous. So if you were thinking that she's ahead against Black Adam in that state, boy, have I got news for you going forward. First off, her powers seem to be a little bit tied to her emotions. As she is pushed to her limits, she seems to get stronger. As she is, as she fights somebody who's not that powerful, she sort of holds back a little bit. We've mentioned before her control over her powers with the kettle. But as she's pushed to her limits, man, she can absolutely go for it. She can fly FTE. She can fly light speed. It has been confirmed in the movies that she herself is flying light speed. She, she traveled that way when uh, trying to find a new galaxy, a new home for the Skrulls. She's flying around the universe at light speed, trying to find a place for them. In fact, when she attacks Thanos in his cabin in Endgame, after blasting him from so, so far away, she comes in and appears like she's a streak of light. That's because she is fighting and moving at light speed. She's just coming in. You can't even make out her features. She's moving so fast. She looks like she's like doing re-entry in the Earth's atmosphere because she's moving extremely fast. And let's not forget about some of her most amazing feats. She flew into and grabbed a warhead from Ronan the Accuser's ship aimed at the Earth, grabbed it, turned around, and shoved it back towards 20 other warheads. Ronan the Accuser saw what she did and said, we need to go right now. This is not a character who's used to failure, losing, or being impressed by somebody's power. This is a guy who ran away the second he saw Captain Marvel. Remember, she got hit by Kree ship blasts as she was flying up to get to talk to him, and she recovered nearly immediately. In the Endgame movie, she rolled through an entire series of soldiers, tanks, anything Thanos had on the ground, just to get to Spider-Man and the Gauntlet, and didn't even slow down going through all of that. Let's not forget, she flies through Kree ships and just blows them up. She rolls through as if nothing's even there, like paper mache, tears through them and detonates them just by her presence rolling through them. But she also did that to Thanos' ship, Sanctuary 2. This is a gigantic battleship 
And she rolled through it like what, two times? And that was it. She detonated the ship, no problem. And she got hit by the energy blasts of Sanctuary 2. This is Thanos' flagship. He shot at her. She took it and absorbed all of that energy. If you can absorb the energy of Thanos' flagship firing its Death Star projectiles at you, what is a little bit of lightning going to do against you? The answer is nothing. And let's not forget, let's talk about who she faced in the battle. She went toe-to-toe with one of the biggest characters in movies, fully-powered Infinity Gauntlet Thanos. This is a character that overpowered the Incredible Hulk. As you said, and I have written down here, she ate his headbutt without even moving an inch. I had to rewatch it five times because I wasn't even sure he made contact because she didn't flinch. This is a move that hit Iron Man and sent him like three football fields away. She was able to put a headlock move on full power, Infinity Gauntlet Thanos. You talk about fighting ability. I didn't see no headlocks from pro wrestler Black Adam. All I saw was him punching and throwing. But she shut down Thanos at his height of his powers and was able to absolutely put him in a place where he couldn't move. She incapacitated him until he flipped the power stone to his other hand and then used it to hit her with. If she could put fully powered Infinity Gauntlet Thanos in a headlock and cause him to be incapacitated, Black Adam does not have the power stone to bail him out in that particular case. She could do that move to Black Adam and incapacitate him for the two minutes necessary to win this battle. And the last thing to talk about is Eternium. I'll get into it in my final counterpoint, but she can scan him, understand that Eternium is the thing that hits him from the scan, and then go find some Eternium. She can move that fast in like 30 seconds to go scan for some Eternium because she scanned for habitable planets. She can scan for one mineral, go get some, and put it straight into the chest of Black Adam if she absolutely had to. And remember, when Black Adam caught a rocket that said Eternium on it, he was like, huh, I wonder what this is. I don't understand modern technology. And he ate it and almost died. That's my point number three. Holy cow, that is horrible. That has got to be the most, in in French, we call that c'est pour la poubelle. It's for the garbage is what we're trying to say. So, you know, Leroy, we had an episode of Goku versus Superman. Went horribly wrong. The fans hated Great it. Episode. And what super and what, what Ray did is he said, well, Goku will use his telepathy, which is not a thing, to read Superman's mind, not going to happen, to find out he has a weakness Thanks. to kryptonite. How would he do it? And then he will teleport and find that kryptonite, come back in the fight, because Superman, why would he stop fighting and give Goku? This is Royal Poubel garbage, this whole scan for Eternium to understand how that's going to work in the middle of battle. How dare you race to Canis? That's like the sizzler of your points. Sizzler, where you get steak sometimes. All right, now let's let me talk about some other stuff. Dr. Fate holding down, multiple versions of Dr. Fate holding down Black Adam. There was someone on the Who Would Win show who stated that Black Ad or that Dr. Fate has insane super strength. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was Race to Canis. So all of a sudden you have insane super strength multiplied by how many. Remember, Dr. Fate is more powerful than Dr. Strange, according to Race to Canis. There's that, too. Let's see. Uh, on top of this, Hawkman fighting Black Adam. I loved how Hawkman was portrayed in the movie. Hawkman in the DC universe is one of the best fighters. He's kind of like Wolverine with wings is a way that he's often described. And he was trying to hurt Black Adam. Remember that cool scene in that apartment? He said, we got some issues to settle. And Black Adam's like, cool, do what you got to do. And he's literally toying with that person, uh, Hawkman, who's one of the greatest, most best trained warriors within the DC universe. All right, let me keep going. The lightning is indeed magically based. Remember, it's based off Black Adam's character from comic books. 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson is trying to make this accurate. This is lightning because it hurts Superman because it's magical lightning. It is not regular lightning. It's not regular electricity. It is magical-based stuff. I'll say more about that in my point number three. And finally, Ray Sicanus, Thanos sending Death Star-type blasts down to the planet Earth through that, that ship. Really? So he's trying to destroy the planet he is on, and Thanos can't fly, whatever it is. Sure, that's... No, that was hitting the Earth multiple times. It was horrible. It wasn't close to destroying the Earth. How dare you um, race James, to Kane your explanation. Death Star has other weapons aside from the main cannon, okay? Thank you. Name three. Yeah, there's the Ion Cannon and two others. Yes, Steve and Mark. They named them properly. All right, let me get to my point number three, race to Canis. And all this is going to make sense. Listen, let's talk about... Magic beating science. Again, a race to Canis quote for the Who Would Win show that I'll be using here. So let's talk, first of all, about the big wins of Black Adam. Look, we have one movie to draw off of, but you have to look at certain facts. Black Adam fought, could have easily, as I just described, destroyed Hawkman and Dr. Fate at the same time, but he didn't. He decided to hold back for whatever reason. Hawkman, again, he's amazing. One of the best trained warriors within DC Universe. He's got his Nth Metal mace, and Black Adam was tanking shots from that Nth Metal. Nth Metal is kind of like... You know, DC Comics, vibranium, a little bit of, you know, I don't know what else, adamantium, but it can shapeshift into different weapons. It's a cool thing. And Black Adam's tanking all of that kind of stuff, too. Hits him with energy blast, whatever. All right, now let's talk about Dr. Fate. I already mentioned this. Dr. Fate's more powerful than Dr. Strange, according to Race to Canis. And he's also got super strength that's crazy strong, according to Race to Canis. And that's who he's fighting against. And Black Adam didn't really have a problem with him either. Look, again, this is The Rock. He knows his source material, so he helped design, you know, the battles and what have you to kind of be this really, really accurate thing. But the big fight of all is when he didn't hold back. That was with when he fought that god-slash-demon Sabak at the end of the movie. Now... Just so you know, Sabak is kind of like a Shazam type of character, but instead of there being wizards or gods, they use the strongest demons and gods from the underworld. So the S for Sabak is Satan, the A is this, the B is for Beelzebub, and then there's three to four other ones that are all that god-level demonic kind of power. So all of a sudden, Black Adam's fighting Sabak, and of course it's going back and forth. Hawkman definitely helped. But at the end, how did they beat him? How did he beat this character, who's one of those powerful beings within the DC Universe in terms of both magical ability and physicality? Well, he had to use his magical lightning to blast it directly into his head. And then what did he do? He ripped his head apart. He grabbed the horns and started pulling this person's this thing's head apart to literally destroy it by tearing it apart. That is crazy. Is that something that Captain Marvel could do? I don't think so. Again, she lives in the physical world. She's very powerful, but she doesn't have it. On top of it, look, this is really going to be bad what I'm going to say. If you put someone you're fighting into a headlock, that is a rookie fighting move. That is a rookie fighting move. The Gracies, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, have at least a dozen ways to get out of it. Headlocks are one of the easiest things to get out of and one of the least effective techniques to do it. To do it against Thanos shows it's a desperation move. I get it. But you know what Black Adam did? He fought. He knew how to dodge Hawkman's blows. He knew how to get out of the way. He knew how to you know make Hawkman miss. He knew how to hit him the right way. He knew how to use everything combatively. Again, against one of the greatest warriors in the DC Universe. So listen, all of this is great. This is really cool. But let me kind of... Um, there's a couple of instances where we see kind of how Carol Danvers... Captain Marvel would do against magical beings. And in the Multiverse of Madness, we see Wanda Maximoff, she's going rogue, doing her thing, getting all evil. 
all of a sudden we see Wanda Maximoff taking on the Illuminati as a whole and kind of separating them and you know destroying Reed Richards, taking out Captain Britain, which was horrible because you know Peg Carter is fantastic. But then all of a sudden she's taking on that version of Captain Marvel and she's using energy blasts of magic and flying around and finally crushes what? What did Captain Marvel not have an ability to do? Oh, that's right, absorb any magical attack. She got taken out very very quickly. Unfortunately, because she was awesome too. I hate saying this, but that was just the case. So ask yourself this. How would Black Adam have done against Wanda Maximoff? How would he have done? Would he have lost the same way? Would I don't think so. Again, it's magic versus magic. It's a different kind of thing. He's not absorbing the magical attacks, but he's going to be able to tank them a lot better. Remember, he's designed to tank not just uh, physical attacks and energy blasts, but also magical attacks as well. So... Here's how I see the fight going. These two are going to square off. They're going to go on the attack right away. They're both highly aggressive, which is awesome. And powerful punches, incalculable energy blasts are shot from both sides. They both are kind of taking a pounding. And they both, by the way, are smiling as they're both very much into this fight. They have worthy opponents for the first time in a long time. Captain Marvel goes binary very quickly in a surprise that Black Adam can easily keep up. And that's when she notices that Black Adam isn't getting tired but she is he's not getting hurt because he's got that magical healing factor she is she's she's showing some signs of wear and tear but he isn't captain marvel is going to double down and tap into every ounce of power she can be binary as much as possible and shoot a blast like no one's business that could destroy a continent right at black adam and that's the problem black adam isn't a continent destroyer he's a planet destroyer according to dc comics he is absolutely someone who could destroy the planet it's a different power level here look all of a sudden she hits black adam with that powerful blast from the smoke clears she can't believe her eyes black adam is fine and with a flash of super speed black adam disappears from captain marvel's sight reappears behind her grabbing her head in a superhuman vice like grip she's never felt before desperate captain marvel says but i was told i'm the strongest being in the marvel universe i don't i don't believe there's anyone who can beat me and black adam smiles says well i do and that's when Black Adam channels his magical electrical attacks and super strength, the kinds that she can't handle, the kinds that he used to literally tear the head of Sabak in half and takes out Captain Marvel, unfortunately. That's how Captain Marvel loses. I hate to say it. That's how Black Adam wins. That's my point number three. That is some wild extrapolation and fan fiction that you're putting together there, James. Let me set the record straight here, though. First off, he shoots magical lightning as one of his primary forms of attack. She absorbs energy. She, he, she shoots out blasting powers of energy, a thing that Black Adam has shown will knock him back, hurt him, do damage to him, knock him away many, many times. So she has the inherent ability at long range. She's also faster than he is. She's proven it over and over again in these movies. Now, James, you're trying to do a thing here where you're saying this version of Black Adam is based on the comic books. So I'm going to try to bring in some comic book stuff and think our judge isn't smart enough to see it. You say, oh, his magical lightning worked against Superman. No, it didn't. He met Superman at the very end of the movie, spoiler alert, and he didn't shoot him with magical lightning that hurt him. You're talking about a different version of the character. Let's talk about what we've actually seen on film. That was a different Captain Marvel that got beat by Wanda, Monica Rambeau. I don't even know why you're bringing it up except a desperation heave. We saw Adam Smasher, a guy who near as I can tell is a science-based character with who's just strong, punch Black Adam from behind. Black Adam apparently didn't see him coming, hit him, punched him deep into the ground and just held him there. Uh, Could have held him there for two minutes if he absolutely had to. Black Adam didn't have any other way out somehow. 
That move itself shows you that the incapacitation method will work. What have we seen? We've seen her go up against Thanos at the height of his powers and lock him down, if not for a dirty trick, take him out of it. And even after he hit her, she didn't show any signs of damage and she was back in the battle within a minute. So at the end of the day, you could say all of this nonsense. You could try to pretend your version of the character is the comic book version, but it is not. Your version of Black Adam gets put into a, a vice-like grip hold by Captain Marvel and held down for two minutes until they talk about it and hash it out. They, they hash it out. That's how you see this working. She Captain Marvel is going to hold them down and hash it out. That's her personality. If she doesn't blast him so deep into the ground, it takes him two minutes to get out. You act like Captain Marvel's not a cosmic level threat, but she is. She just flatly is. That's why entire civilizations are terrified of her. There's militaries. Of, all right, listen, there's a lot of nonsense coming from Risa Canis as usual. A lot of magic coming from me, just like uh, Black Adam's lightning. And now we have to go to our esteemed judge, Leroy. It's time for you to make a decision, take us through your process, tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Black Adam and Captain Marvel. So yeah, as I've said many a time, and it has not changed, this is a tough fight. This is not an easy choice. Um, I've pondered everything you've said, and I've, I've used a little bit of my own experience as well uh, with the characters um, and, and coming up with this decision. Um, a few things that I kind of thought about at the moment were, James, as you mentioned, when talking about Black Adam being able to fight off uh, military people without his powers, it shows also that Black Adam can be depowered. He's willingly able to get rid of his powers really easily with just the, the, the one word. That's, that's troublesome to me um, because unless Rogue shows up in the MCU at some point, Captain Marvel can't just be depowered. You know, can't just have that taken away. So that's, that's a point towards Captain Marvel. A point towards Black Adam is that Sabak being torn in half, that's huge. This dude's a, a, a demon. Like, that is insane. No one in the MCU has really done anything on that level to that high-powered of a, of a character. Black Adam uh, received his powers. He, he, he destroyed a bunch of people and then was locked away for a very long time. And, and coming out of it, yeah, he has incredible control over his powers, except not always. When his lightning went off, the kid, Amon, got hurt. The kid he was trying to protect took the L. A lot of really important things were brought up about potential for the lightning affecting Superman, but we generally have to go with what we saw in those movies. There's a lot of what-ifs, there's a lot of could-have-been, should-have-been, had-have-been, and we can't go with those. We have to go with what we saw. And what we saw was Black Adam being held down by Adam Smasher. We saw Black Adam being held down by Dr. Fate. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. But I, I, I got to go with what I got to go with. I got to go with Captain Marvel. There uh, you go. So the incorrect. decision made again. Leroy, I got to tell you, what's hurting me right now is that you're such an awesome guy. I love everything you do and everything you've described is so fantastic. The moment this fight's over, I'm YouTubing, you know, the human tack board. I have not heard something so wrong since UFC, I think, one, where someone, a, a karateka, karate black belt, was like, I will take out Hoist Gracie with one of my sidekicks. And I was like, wow, it is horribly wrong. Only thing more wrong than that is your decision right now. And I mean that with all of the respect. Disrespect your decision, but sure, with all sure. respect to you as a judge, because you're awesome. Race to Canis, how do you feel right now with this horrific victory? I mean, look, it is the only logical conclusion based on what the two of us just said. 
You, I think honestly, this battle was too close. And when you started trying to, you know, sneak in the back door, all of this black Adam nonsense from the comic books and pretending like, oh, well, he's based on the, well, Captain Marvel in the movies is based on Captain Marvel, but I didn't have to use any examples that didn't exist in the movies, James. I think your shady shadiness caught up with you today. We found a judge who's a wrestler. And one thing I know about wrestlers is they smell through malarkey real, real fast. And I think you brought it real hard today, but at the end of the day, you tried a little bit too much and the judge wasn't having it. I got to tell you, I didn't listen to a word you said again, Race to Canis. I'm still kind of focused on this wrong decision, Leroy. Here's the thing. Sure. I, I Have you taken a lot of chair shots recently? That is irrelevant. Okay. Uh, have, have... To, to the current conversation. Uh, true. Uh, but it has not impeded my ability to comprehend and to logically, um, you know, do stuff. That's fair. That's fair. I get. I take a lot of shots <laughs> to the head on a daily basis. So math and uh, sentence structure are not my friends right now either. No. All right. Listen, here's the deal. I'm going to say something I've never said before. Your decision, as horrible as it was, has only endeared you to me that much more. I'm now on a quest, Leroy, to get a win from you, the human tack board. That is now my new quest. That's what I want. I need you to come back on the show because this decision, and our fan base is going to agree with me 1 billion percent, by the way. This decision was so wrong, which I'll talk about in the third degree for our Patreon, uh, you know, awesome people. It was so wrong that it's almost awesome how wrong it is <laughs> in the level of wrongness. But that's okay because um, I'm fantastic. All right. With that being said, all joking aside, Leroy, you are fantastic. Well, thank you. Leroy, I love everything about you other than this decision. You are fantastic other than this decision. And I definitely need you to come back on the show, but not to make a similar decision so that you can entertain the Legion of Audience, our fan base, without making a similar decision. With that being said, please tell the Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, where they can find you online. Yeah, so you go to Giphy.com, you look up Leroy Patterson, you're going to see a ton of stuff that I made. If you uh, look up the Human Tack Board on YouTube, you're going to find a lot of really disturbing videos. Please put the kids to bed before you look at that <laughs> stuff. It's really violent, and I'm kind of fat and in my underwear. It's it's, it's entertaining, uh, but it's not for the young ones. Also, uh, you can look up Sneak Kings with a Z, because uh, we're cool in the 90s uh, uh, on YouTube, and you can see our exploits as we try to collect as many copies of the game as possible. And uh, you could see me uh, perform live comedy at the Pack Theater in Hollywood. Oh, I love it. And where are you on Twitter, by the way? Uh, you can reach me at Human Board on pretty much everything. That is an easy thing to remember. All right. As Race long as they exist. <laughs> Race to Canis, this was a horrific win on your part. You should be ashamed of yourself. I think there's a pro wrestling unification bout happening between you and Leroy for some reason. That's what I'm sensing here. You used a lot of nonsense. I don't agree with the decision, but you know I love the judge. With that being said, tell our fan base where they can find you. Your opinions are obviously so swayed from the inside of your own posterior that you say, I came from a weird place, and you were the one trying to sneak comic book facts in the entire time. James, I would say shame on you, as I said before. It's the only logical decision based on the arguments presented today. If you want to get big bad that Black Adam didn't win today, step up your own game a week ago and get to my level before now. Oops, you're not a time traveler. That's not a thing that can happen. I'm going to say right now, I came in expecting myself to be an underdog. Black Adam 
shows very few weaknesses in his movie until I actually cracked open that egg and realized there are multiple holes in his game and Captain Marvel is the one who actually has no weaknesses, especially in her binary form. What I'm trying to say is this is hashtag earned, hashtag deserved, hashtag Ray is right, hashtag victory Friday. We will be celebrating. That makes three in a row. And we all know what happens when I win next week. Get ready for it. Put the kids to bed for that because they won't know any of the stuff that I'm talking about. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray, as long as that's still a thing. And otherwise, I feel very satisfied with this encounter today. Don't send the judge hate mail. He doesn't want to read it. I think it's too late for that, Leroy. Here's the Uh, thing. I didn't listen to what Ray said again. Leroy, I got to tell you, I think you and I would enjoy spending time together over lunch talking about this battle. In other words, I think you're a good guy. By the way, did I mention I'm not a fan of your decision today? I don't know if I made that clear. Okay, great. Here's the thing about fights, though. Here's the thing real quick, if I could just throw this in there. 100 fights out of 100 fights, I say it's it's 49-51, you know? It's, It's every fight tells a story. And I think the story told here, it, it's it's not, could, could could Black Adam beat Captain Marvel? Of course. Could Captain Marvel beat Black Adam? Of course. The story we're telling here with the things you presented and the things those movies showed shows that Black Adam is j- just that one fight. And unfortunately, that's all it takes. With all that being said, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gadsby. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Sup everyone, Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia!